Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. And welcome back to another episode of Squat Cobbler. I'm Mike at Official Pagan. Actually, that's Dr. Mike. I didn't go to medical school for nothing. And joining me as always. Hi, everybody. This is non-Dr. Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And before we forget something else, you guys should go like and subscribe. Wow, that's impressive. I think it's the first time time we've done it that quickly. You know, I say we, I mean you. So nicely done. Well, I mean, we're we're coming up on our 100th episode. I feel like it's about time we get that down pat. We will get into a groove. So for anybody who's not, not used to the format, uh, Kelly and I started off doing just recommendations, and then we started doing the Alice Cooper reviews, and we loved working our way through the Alice Cooper catalog so much. Kelly came up with this idea of doing prisoner exchanges, uh, where we would each introduce the other to an album that we're really familiar with and really enjoy that the other one might not be as familiar with. And in a lot of cases, the other was, if not a blank slate, pretty unfamiliar with what they were headed into. And then we kind of built off of that with these playlists. So one of the things we did at the end of our Alice Cooper reviews was come up with a playlist that we would sort of present to someone who wasn't familiar with Alice Cooper as just sort of a because, you know, you should listen to every Alice Cooper record, obviously, but just as a, a sort of beginning steps for someone just getting into it. So I thought, you know, I love doing the prisoner exchanges, but it would be cool to kind of do these playlists because eventually, like, you know, time wise, we can never get through everything. Kelly and I are both such big fans of music. There's so much to share with each other and with you guys. I think this is a cool way to kind of fill in those gaps. And when I was putting together this playlist, something had occurred to me, just like my first playlist was female singer centric, because I love female vocals. I talk a lot about the Beach Boys on this show, and we've never done anything Beach Boys related. So Kelly, are you a Beach Boys guy? Not to the extent that you are, but I'd say yeah. Okay, so I, I knew to a certain degree you were familiar with the Beach Boys, and I think a lot of people are familiar conceptually with the Beach Boys, like maybe a couple of the early surfing songs and then Pet Sounds. Was that kind of where you were with it? Yeah, pretty much. And then a, a little dose of post, I don't know if you call it post Beach Boy, but uh, some of Brian Wilson's solo work as well. Okay, so when I gave you this playlist, you probably weren't surprised that a Beach Boys playlist came along. Were you familiar with any of these songs, though? Uh, yes, the second, as we go through the second one, uh, I was familiar with. But Okay. And uh, the fifth one, I think a little bit as well. So a couple of them. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good. One of the things for me that was difficult in coming up with this playlist, because I am a really big Beach Boys fan, I also didn't want to do anything off of Pet Sounds because I figured at some point we could review Pet Sounds. So I didn't want to kind of pull anything off of that because I could do easily more than six songs or multiple playlists of the Beach Boys. I also didn't want to fall too heavily on Surf's Up, even though I did pull two songs off of it because after Pet Sounds, it's probably their record with the biggest following. 
and I, I wanted to focus a little bit on like Friends in 2020 because I think that those are really good records that are maybe a little bit underappreciated in their catalog. One thing I did do, though, which is going to come up in the first track, is I picked two songs that are confusingly almost identically titled. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't intentional going into it. That That's kind of the way that it happened. So we'll just jump right into the playlist then. So the first song is All I Want to Do. <laughs> Contrary to what people are probably used to in their minds with the Beach Boys, either the early novelty songs or the the Pet Sounds era, very harmony-driven, a little bit of psychedelic elements to it, this is more of a driving rock song than people are probably used to for the Beach Boys. And it's got a little bit of porn at the end. So, I mean, that um, it's right in my wheelhouse with that anyway. What did you think when you heard this, Kelly? Was this one you had heard before? This was not one I had heard before. It was, it is not typical Beach Boy fare. I actually kind of, so saxophone, kind of bluesy, but bluesy in the, I'm a song in the Blues Brothers movie kind of bluesy. <laughs> and so I like, Wait, are you saying that's not the traditional blues? I would not say it's traditional blues. I would say it's Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi's version of blues, which is still fun. Uh, but I could see the song in the beat in the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're telling me then that the, spokesperson for all things blues is maybe not Dan Aykroyd. That is what I am saying. Yes. Take that. I don't know. Kelly, did you ever watch Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs? Um, I have not. <laughs> okay. So you need to, um, Dan Aykroyd is crazy. As I think a lot of our listeners might know makes great vodka, but crazy. He often espouses about aliens and government conspiracies and all kinds of fun stuff at the pinnacle of that. he made a DVD, which is basically just someone interviewing him with a, a one camera setup that occasionally cuts to some other footage. And it's it's an hour maybe of him talking about government conspiracies, aliens, how it was a government conspiracy that his show where he played a preacher was canceled. I mean, it's just it's amazing. You should watch that. I'll do I'm that. not sure how we got here, but <laughs> this, this feels like a tangent I, that I yes, think Kelly took us. Yeah, I, I'm responsible. I brought the Blues Brothers up. That's true. That's that's how it happened. Okay, I didn't even. I was already lost. It's part of the government conspiracy. It, uh, that was tangent red meat. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, did you enjoy this song? I did. Even I though it wasn't maybe not what you were expecting. Yeah, no, it wasn't what I was expecting. But it was it was a really fun song. I liked it quite a bit. It's short. It's really really tight. But um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. One thing I think. That is pretty consistent with the Beach Boys because I would say their sound is actually not consistent. You had the early stuff, which were the you know novelty surfing and car songs. Then you had the more serious stuff uh, of pet sounds and surfs up and all that. And then really kind of all over the place after that as different people sort of took the reins here and there. And we'll talk a little bit more about the interesting people that took the reins there later. Uh, but this is a song I've always really liked because it, it's it's a fun sort of driving rock song, but an unexpected thing from the Beach Boys. And it's a song that, like, if I was going to cover a Beach Boys song personally, this would be at the top of the list of songs that I would choose. I think it'd be a good choice. All right, so moving right along. We're, we're going pretty quickly through this thing already. That's one song. I don't know if it's fast. <laughs> I would say it's pretty fast. I almost feel like we need to slow down and put a couple tangents in this thing. Super. Good to hear. <laughs> we could easily make this, like, a two-hour episode. Well, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our second song. 
this is from Surf's Up. Again, it was really tempting to use a lot of Surf's Up stuff, and I did use two songs off of it. But eventually, this will probably be a record that I would recommend that we review. Uh, so you said you were familiar with this song? Yes. It um, There was a Beach Boys documentary on one of the streaming channels and played a large segment of this song live. And I was completely unfamiliar with it until I saw it in the, the documentary. Uh, and uh, so that's that's really where. So I'd, I had heard it before and I found it quite atypical for a Beach Boys um, outing. Another more more guitar driven song, not maybe not as much as all I wanted to do, but uh, a little bit more guitar driven is, I would say, not really indicative of the rest of Surf's Up musically. The tone of it probably is, which is the only thing for me that keeps the Surf's Up record from being as good as that sounds. Uh, the song is called Student Demonstration Time, and Surf's Up is a very, if anyone hasn't listened to it, it's a really good but very political-leaning record. And personally, I don't like a lot of politics in my music. I know we've discussed this a little bit on the show before. Kelly's a super, super, super right-wing conservative <laughs> and will only listen to music with lizard people and government conspiracies in it. And a lot, a lot of Confederate flag references as much as possible. <laughs> well, see, I like wasn't going to get that far. Not nothing but like a good Confederate flag reference in a song to get the toe tapping. <laughs> so how do how do you feel with a song like this that is more social and politics oriented? Well, I think it was an attempt <laughs> to be <laughs> political. I do think that um, the lyrics for this rise to Ace Frehley level of lyric quality, <laughs> which is, we uh, for those of you who may be familiar, we reviewed Ace Frehley from Kiss's solo album, and which had some tremendous music on it. But lyrically, maybe a little lightweight on the lyrics wasn't maybe Ace's strong suit. I kind of view this one very similar, although protest songs at at that time may have also tended to be a little more simple, but it certainly attempts <laughs> to be political. It's got sirens in it, all that kind of good stuff. Some of the phrasing and those types of things, I thought, yeah, this sounds like some ace, some of Ace's work <laughs> here in terms of that. But I like the song overall. I didn't, I didn't find it lyrically compelling, but I did, I did enjoy it. And it is kind of an interesting departure to hear the, the Beach Boys get all political for you. <laughs> and I, I agree with that. I, I think when we were doing the Ace review, and I'm paraphrasing Kelly here, so if you remember the exact way you said it, it would be perfect fitting to this. You said something like, what was it? It's craftsman music with workman lyrics or something along those lines. Yeah, something like master craftsman music with workman-like lyrics, something along that line. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely applicable to this. I, I really like what they do musically with this. I enjoy the vocals, not so much the lyrics, and that's one of my... One of my issues with the record is not just that, and I really, really like Surf's Up, but this is the major flaw of it for me. Not only do they get political on a few of the songs, it's not even necessarily that, because I could hear this song coming from any band of that era, really, that was dabbling in, in political lyrics, along with a lot of the other stuff they say. They're not saying anything that was new or that you can't find a hundred songs saying. And nothing against the Beach Boys. I don't know them. I don't know what they're their political leanings are but i don't believe it a hundred percent i mean this is this isn't like the beach boys as a young hungry upstart band like this is post pet sounds beach boys like they're famous they're rich uh, I, I think they they run the risk of of a little bit of uh bruce springsteen-esque vision of politics in my opinion 
I kind of feel similar to that in that you go back to like the clash when Joe, you get Joe Strummer singing about things with a bit of a political edge to it. You don't really have much question in your mind that this is like coming straight from his heart. This is how he feels. This felt more, let's be political. Let's intentionally write a political song. And it wasn't necessarily pouring out of their, their souls in terms of what they wanted to say. Yeah. I, and I totally agree with that. And that's, that's my issue with Surf's Up as, as an entire, if we ever get to review the album, I think it's a great sounding record. There's a lot of really great songs on there. The political elements of it don't feel natural. And that's, that's sort of my issue with it. But I do really like the song and that's why I included it on there. So that again, just blazing right along. Look at us. We're getting to the third song already. What are we, a minute and a half into this? 13 minutes. And at the 13 minute mark, my cat joins us. <laughs> so, hello. <laughs> I assume the cat's going to have a lot to add to this next one. uh, Yeah, I think so. Sorry about that, folks. Highly professional (laughs) podcast with pets. (laughs) So the next song is called All I Want to Do, not to be confused with All I Want to Do. So when you saw this on there, did you think I just included the same song twice? Uh, So I did, because particularly this version here said Remix 2009 as part of of the... uh, the description. So I was like, boy, if this is a remix, a remix of the other song, it is, it is massive in its amount of remixing. Like they remixed it with new lyrics and they remixed it with an entire new structure. Yes. This is confusingly a nearly identical title to the first track. I almost didn't include it because, of that, but I do really like the song. And this is, this is off the uh, sunflower record, which is really popular among people. I, it's not one of my favorites. I feel like this is a Beach Boys record, though, as a whole that I can't approach with an open mind (laughs) because this is the record that forever comes from. Are you familiar with that song? Yes. So why are you familiar with that song? Um, I just I just am. (laughs) So it was like when you mentioned it, I go, yes, I've heard that. I can't really (laughs) tell you a a strong reference point. It's on no major playlist, but uh, I'm familiar somewhere in my history. I have come across it. (laughs) so sunflower was like a moderately successful record for them nowhere near even surfs up let alone would it come before it with pet sounds but it it was a well-received record from my understanding the song forever i I think was like a moderate hit then in the 90s they beat that song to death (laughs) re-recording it with uncle jesse as part of the show full house So there is a storyline in the show Full House where John Stamos is a musician, befriends the Beach Boys. And for anyone who doesn't know, John Stamos in real life is in an incarnation of the Beach Boys, the main touring version of the band, in fact. So and he he has appeared with them not only live, but on songs as well. So in the show, he befriends the fictionalized version of them. He befriends the Beach Boys and records a new version of Forever, which is the character in the show's favorite song. And the song actually became a big success because it was on TV all the time. Sadly, that may be where I gained my familiarity with it. <laughs> that may be it. Not that I was a big Full House watcher, but it seems like that could that could be where <laughs> it's it's where you and you really didn't need to be. It made the song was everywhere. It was even you know there was a music video they made that was a tie into the show, and that was on MTV. And on different music programs and things like that. So there was a brief period where John Stamos and the Beach Boys was a thing beyond just him appearing with them live at festivals and things like that. 
and it's because of the song Forever, which is off of this record. So kind of change it. And again, the John Stamos one is not the one on this record. They re-recorded it with him. But that was sort of my introduction to this record. So it kind of put me off of the record for a long time. Over time, though, certain tracks have like snuck in through playlists or different things that would pop up. This song I always thought was particularly interesting. I accidentally listened to it because I thought it was the other song on the playlist. That's how I, I think I really listened to it the first time. What's interesting about it is the sound. Again, the sound of the song is sort of different. It's very much like a proto shoegaze kind of song, which seems super odd for the Beach Boys. And maybe it makes sense in the context of the record. I've heard every song off this album, but I, to be honest, never listened to it back to back just because I was kind of put off from it initially. And then I only heard it like piecemeal. So I've never listened to it all the way through. So maybe it makes sense in the context of the record, but I'm a big fan of the sort of washed out shoegaze type songs. This actually predates that as, as being an entire genre of music. And it seems odd to come from the Beach Boys because it seems like the exact opposite of their like crisp, clean, harmony-based approach to music. So that's actually why I like the song, and that's why it stuck with me. Not just because it's obviously something that influenced an entire genre, but it seems literally musically the antithesis of everything the Beach Boys have done. So I'm with you on, on several elements of that in that you do get, there are the actual expected Beach Boy harmonies. You hear that in this song. But a lot of times in Beach Boy stuff, you get those harmonies and there's this layering of those harmonies that really becomes the the true Beach Boys sound. And while you had the kind of building block harmonies there and present, the kind of crisp and clean layering that you get, oh, like in the next song, uh, is not present here. And this one's, it's really kind of almost muddy to a degree. So it was just, it was kind of odd uh, to kind of have those Harmonies you're very familiar with, but then the execution and, and kind of combination of them being, in, in my opinion, kind of muddy. I enjoyed all of these songs. I would say this is the song I probably enjoyed the least of the songs that, that were on here. And it was, I think, just because it was so unexpected and not entirely unexpected in like in an amazing way. I mean, it was it was still it was a good song, but the muddiness kind of threw me off a little bit. And I, I totally understand that. I actually, I listen to a lot of shoegaze music and to me, you can even hear out of shoegaze, you can hear a lot of the post hardcore music that was influenced by that. Even a lot of the goth music with stuff like Lycia, you can almost hear how something like that could be, you know, 10 steps removed. Sure. But production wise, where it has that almost cacophonous sort of sound to it, but so different from what the Beach Boys are and that clean, crisp layering that you were talking about. This is this is a, a washed out, distant, almost droning kind of sound and parts to it. I do really like the song. It's just really, really different. And that's why I threw it on here. I tried to get a different variety of things that maybe weren't entirely traditional Beach Boys songs. And that brings us to our next song. Now, here's a song nobody's ever heard of because it's never gotten any attention whatsoever. It's called Never Learn Not to Love. Kelly, have you ever heard of this song before? I had not. This was my first exposure to this song. They didn't do it on Full House. Wait, are you being sarcastic like me or for real? <laughs> I'm being, uh, this one, I'm being for real. I, I, I have not been oh. exposed to this song. Again, it's, you know, it was, I don't think it was in the Full House playlist on a regular basis. So that's probably why. Makes sense. So this is a, this is a song with another little known uh, collaborator. 
that the the Beach Boys decided to shine a light upon. And of course, he would go on to shape music and pop culture for years to come. Uh, this is the Beach Boys and Charles Manson. Okay. Yeah. So I have a little familiar with this song after all. <laughs> so from a documentary. Uh, yes. Okay. No, a different documentary <laughs> about a, mur- a murdering group. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there was, there was fallout from this song. Was this- uh, Charles Manson was a struggling musician for anyone who doesn't know. And that's really all you need to know about him. Don't Google him. He was a struggling musician, befriended the Beach Boys. They sort of helped him along, get some recordings and things like that done. And whether it was their idea or his idea, I've seen some conflicting things on that. They decided to record a version of his song, Cease to Exist. Much to his displeasure, they retitled it Never Learn Not to Love, made changes to the arrangements, a few changes to the lyrics, and then actually didn't credit him on the initial album that it came out on, which which was a fairly successful record, and this song did go gold. He retaliated by sending people to Terry Melcher's house, and things went south from there. So now it's coming back to me (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, this there's one. there's been some some things in media about it. Yes, yes. Uh, now that uh, I don't know, why I didn't make the. the I, I guess it's the title that I didn't make the connection to on that. But but this is one's interesting because it actually almost starts off with an an ambient kind of feel to it, and then slides into you know what Charles Manson's work was known for that strong British invasion influence and <laughs> and a little bit of that vibe to it, and it does have the good vocal layering so. It does. It does have the traditional Beach Boys approach to the vocal layering. One of the things Manson didn't like about this incarnation of the song. So if you've ever heard his his actual like core recording cease to exist, it's a much more stripped down song. Um, he made a big deal about the lyrics being changed, but the lyrics are actually pretty similar. It's more the overall arrangement that's different. If you read up on it, the, they make a big deal about the lyric changes. They're subtle. I'm sure to him it made a big deal because they were, you know, his message he was trying to convey. But the the lyric changes are subtle. The arrangement changes are dramatic. That entire ambient passage that you, man- that you mentioned, which is actually one of my favorite things about this. It has that strange atmospheric buildup to it, which is, again, very different from what you'd expect from the Beach Boys. But then seems to kind of slide into a really traditional Beach Boys approach to songs with the clean, crisp, high-pitched vocal harmonies on there uh, that apparently he wasn't a big fan of. Should he really be shocked <laughs> that the Beach Boys yeah, sounded? It's, it's, I'm not sure what he thought when they were like, we're going to record this song. Like, I'm not sure how he saw, he saw that going. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't that familiar with the Beach Boys catalog prior to jumping into this. But obviously, um, it's made the song sort of infamous, so I, I debated not putting it on this playlist just because there's so much baggage attached to it. To the degree that, I mean, this is literally the song that caused the falling out with him and the Beach Boys and Terry Melcher that led to the reason everybody knows who Charles Manson is, not because of the song, but because of what he did in the wake of this song. So I almost didn't include it because of that, but I actually genuinely really like the song. Yeah, I mean, it, I uncomfortably have to agree. <laughs> That's this is, this is one of those look at the art, not the artist kind of moments. Yeah, in a, in a big way, <laughs> in a huge way. In a much more dramatic way than we did on the Burzum record. <laughs> so does it, knowing that this is that song now, does it change your opinion of the song? 
doesn't change my opinion of the song. It might change how often I re-listen to it. <laughs> so Manson doesn't make any money off of this or his estate, I guess, now. So if that helps. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that into account. <laughs> if that makes any difference. Okay, well, moving off of this song then. And again, I really like that song. Almost didn't include it because of the backstory, but I can't include it and not say what the backstory is either. I feel like that's as much as I do think you should separate the art from the artist. You shouldn't also totally ignore that there's baggage sometimes. Yeah, I think that's part of it's part of the whole story. Mike and I have talked in in past ones, whether it's full album reviews or these prisoner exchanges that we we tend to go light on doing a lot of research on it beyond listening to it and maybe a little bit. Uh, but I had a hunch as you gave me a Beach Boys playlist. I said, I wonder if there's a Manson song in here. And so. Okay. So that brings us to the second Surf's Up song on here. Again, I really like that record. <laughs> Choosing another song off it was tough, though, because I, I didn't want to do something that, that had another like overly political vibe. So I decided one of the things I really like about the Beach Boys and what got me into the Beach Boys isn't their early sort of more poppy stuff. Although through most of their stuff, as we've discussed on this playlist, very clean, very crisp approach to their music. Other than that one time they were a weird goth band, which was on this playlist. Um, Very clean, very crisp, very high approach to their music. There's also, and this is the thing that I really like about Pet Sounds and a lot of what came after it, is sort of an almost, I don't know if dark is the right word, but sort of melancholic element to their music that somehow still works within their high-pitched harmonies. And this is a good example of that. The song is called Till I Die. Now, there's a lot of stuff on Pet Sounds, which is a super popular record that has sort of a dark undertone to it if you really dissect the lyrics to it. It's a little more on the surface on this song because, again, Surf's Up isn't that subtle of a record. So what did you think of this the first time you were hearing it, Sarah? Was this one you'd heard before? I don't know if it was on Full House or not, but I've I've heard it somewhere. <laughs> Uh, that would the, be a great episode of that. Yeah. Uh, so, so my guess is that this was also in the documentary I watched. Uh, the kind of "I'm a cork on the on the ocean" lyric is is a memorable one. I go, I've heard this before. <laughs> I know this, so I'm guessing it was probably a little clip in there. So, so I had some familiarity with it. I'd agree with your depiction of it that this, I mean, this is one that really uh, demonstrates what they can kind of do harmony-wise, vocally-wise, in a real crisp way. It's a good song. I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> to say I hear you loud and clear on Melancholy and Till I Die should be a bit of a clue that the song, <laughs> <laughs> the song might be a little melancholic. I get that. Uh, I actually spoke more about the melancholy tone on the next song, and I'm just feeling a little bad that when I was going to call out, oh, yeah, and it's Melancholy, I, I skip over Till I Die. To, <laughs> to make that reference on the next song but you know you do what you can and it, it's going to be very fair on the next song as well there's a lot of beach boy stuff particularly pet sounds on that has that sort of melancholic sound to it the thing with surfs up though just like on the political songs on it surfs up it's a really great record musically it's it doesn't have the subtlety that pet sounds has and that's what keeps it from being great in my opinion it's a really good record but from being the near perfect record that I see Pet Sounds as, what keeps it from that is is it's a little heavy handed. This song is called Till I Die. <laughs> yeah, it hits it pretty pretty much head on. Yeah, they, they're 
just like just like the political they attempted a political song it's just it's very on the nose there's nothing wrong with that as an approach but when you know the subtlety of pet sounds which you can listen to as a pop record maybe the first time you hear it or as a old school sort of rock and roll record and then the more you delve into it you realize there's a lot of darker themes to the record this song's called till i die <laughs> so they they dropped all pretense when they were writing this indeed so that brings us to the next toe tapper <laughs> pacific coast highway so had you heard this one kelly i'm fam- definitely familiar with the title but as i listened through it I, I didn't i wasn't pulling back a lot of references to it so i'm, I'm familiar with the title I would have been able to associate it with the beach boys pretty easily but not really familiar with the song so the song is actually uh part of a larger suite so there's an album, a Beach Boys attributed album called That's uh, That's Why God Made the Radio, which was the Beach Boys reunion record when they briefly reunited all of the surviving original members, along with some of the later members of the Beach Boys for their 50th anniversary tour a few years back. There was a questionably fast released studio record shortly after that tour was announced that seemed really well timed considering they, they weren't together prior to that. So from what I what I've garnered from various things and sources that I've read and interviews I've seen, this was essentially a Brian Wilson album that was in the style of the more classic Beach Boys records that when the reunion came together, he just added them to the record to make it a Beach Boys record, which is fine. I mean, I think Pet Sounds, I mean, Pet Sounds is essentially almost a solo record that the rest of the band jumped on. So and that's everyone's favorite record. So I, I, I don't think anybody was really upset by this. I think the record's inconsistent. It's good, but it's a little inconsistent. Its high point, though, is a multi-part suite that ends the record called the Pacific Coast Highway Suite that it is based around this as being one of the core songs of it that I think is one of the best things they've ever done. And John Samos said so as well. well there you go. <laughs> no better source. <laughs> there was an extensive uh, Rolling Stone interview with the Beach Boys around the tour and this record coming out. And they interviewed John Stamos, which is fair because, you know, he was a part of the band throughout the 90s and in a big way probably kept them alive in mainstream consciousness and really introduced a lot of new people to the Beach Boys. I'm not going to say it was in the best way because, again, forever. But, I mean, it did introduce a whole new generation of people to the Beach Boys, regardless of what you artistically think about it. So it was fair to interview him, in my opinion. And uh, he specifically pointed this out as, in his opinion, the greatest thing the band had ever accomplished. So I thought it was one of the strongest songs in this playlist. I feel it was melancholy. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> just, just that I mentioned that now. It's in my notes. Uh, but it, you know, like I said, it's, it's a great song. It's interesting to hear the backstory on that it's part of a, a bigger suite kind of kind of thing so that's pretty cool no i liked i liked it. i thought it was a great way to finish off the playlist and a good song and so i'm gonna have to side with mr stamos on this one that it's a very strong song yeah and i actually i 100 percent agree with him if you take all of the tracks of the suite together i do think it's the best thing the beach boys had ever done my real only complaint about it and he actually said this in the interview as well is it should have been released as one very long song which my takeaway from the interview when they asked Brian Wilson about it, it was originally one long song. And I guess the record company suggested breaking it up. Like, and like they per- do. <laughs> yeah, personally, I think that was a mistake. And I, I get why they did it to make it appear like there were more songs on the record or make it more digestible because it would have been, you know, a 15, 
16 minute long song or whatever it would have been. But I think when you listen to them back to back, it is their best piece of music. So it's a shame it's not represented that way necessarily all the time. And uh, like Kelly said, it is a little bit <laughs> melancholic. I mean, it's no toe tapper like until I die. But... Yeah, you lose the bright peppiness of till I die when you roll into the song, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not as happy and upbeat and ready to face the world as that song is, but but and again this is is very indicative of a lot of the back half of the Beach Boys career excluding the 90s where they tried to recapture their sort of like pop glory and did a lot of sort of novelty songs, a lot of soundtracks, a lot of stuff for Full House. So this was sort of a return to form in my opinion by doing something that was dark, long and not what the record company wanted to hear. So I actually really like this song. Mr. Stamos and I agree. <laughs> Once again, we are all on the same page as, as Uncle Jeff. As often is the case, the three of us align so often. We're always saying that to each other yep. in our group text. All right, so 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 did you enjoy the the first Beach Boys playlist? I did, uh, very much so. And uh, Mike's been ahead of the game on this a little bit more than I. I've had this playlist for some time, and so I got the chance to get get through it and really make sure that I was ready for it tonight. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Since I had ample prep time before I sent Mike my playlist, I decided to return the favor. He stayed with a particular band. Uh, I'm going to do the same for uh, next week when we we go through my playlist, which will be The Who. And I attempted to pull some songs out there that uh, Mike was, I'm hoping, not particularly familiar with. We'll see. It will be an interesting discussion, sir. Sounds great. So I think on that note, we will wrap it up uh, for this week and look forward to uh, chatting with everybody and going through another playlist next week. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Listen to more Beach Boys. Don't murder lots of people. Uh, 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 uh,